All right, so welcome everyone. I am here with the Reverend Jan Reynolds, who is a friend of Westminster from, from many years ago. And we're just gonna have a conversation, get caught up a little bit on how Jan is doing and what's going on in her life right now. Um, so Jan, I think it would be interesting for people maybe who are a little newer to Westminster and maybe don't know you or haven't met you just to give us a little background on your history with Westminster, if you wouldn't mind. I'd love to. Um, I think it was back in probably 1993 or so when John, my husband, and I had just moved to Marin County uh, from the city. We were newly married. And I was uh, actually was a childhood pastor of mine that said, you got to check out Westminster if you're in Marin County. So that was before you had the beautiful sanctuary. Well, no, you had the sanctuary I had visited before when you were just in the fellowship hall, um, but the sanctuary was up at that time. So anyway, at that time, John and I were expecting a baby, but by adoption. And so I got roped in very quickly to a, um, a mother's group uh, as soon as our baby arrived, Thomas, uh, who was born in 94 and got very involved in leadership and uh, made uh, lifelong friends at Westminster. Mm -hmm. So, um, Really so grateful for my uh, history uh, and my faith development at Westminster. Yeah, I, I have heard tales of that mother's group. It apparently oh, was quite a thing, right? It was, it was, and it grew a lot. You know how it just happens sometimes, just with timing or whatever, that there'll be a sort of a cohort, a group of people that just really, um, really mix beautifully. And Barb uh, Rowe was ahead of it. and. Anyway, we had a wonderful time. We'd go on play dates with the kids and we'd study together and uh, we're, many of us are still friends today. Yeah, that's, it's amazing to me how relationships formed so long ago. Now, however many years later, 20 plus, you know, can still, can still be going Absolutely, strong. especially yeah. when your kids are little. That was wonderful. Yeah. And then I, yeah, have and, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say Annie joined us. She just, they, they're just 14 months apart, so. I had a bio, John and I had a bio baby, an unexpected bio baby. And uh, so anyway, there was the pack. <laughs> and I got to hang out with both of your kids. They I sure did. Went on, uh, on uh, various trips together, middle school, high school. Absolutely. They uh, so enjoyed being involved with Westminster. Yeah, Absolutely. Before we actually hit the record button, Jan and I were catching up and she was talking about her daughter who is now graduated from college and yep. you know had her first full-time job and I was like no <laughs> it happens yeah so she's up in Portland Oregon now and Tom's still with us through this interesting time we're all in yeah they're still they're still middle schoolers in my mind Wait, I know right the time go? <laughs> I'm sure they think of you the same way too Bethany <laughs> aged a bit of forever course. young yeah <laughs> so so your family was at Westminster you were a parishioner doing you know absolutely Ab yep Others oh I became involved I'll tell you a huge formational aspect of my life at Westminster is I was invited to be on the uh, spiritual life commission and I know Deb Dipsky and um, Bob Miller and I've been involved in that forever as well as other good friends Coral um, and uh, so I was very involved in spiritual life and really felt a call to go. Uh, it was Barb who said, I think you need to go walking with me on the San Francisco Theological Seminary grounds. We just need to take a walk. 
That's dangerous. Don't take a walk. Don't take a walk with Barb. Don't take, don't take a walk with a pastor. <laughs> Lunch, okay. Take a walk, you may end up being a pastor. But anyway, I, um, I, 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 I couldn't see going to seminary at that time, so I did go get my credential in spiritual direction. Mm. So I was really involved in spiritual formation, um, leading groups uh, and retreats at Westminster for some time. Yeah, it's, that it's... was in uh, 2000. Oh, and I went to seminary in, in 2007. It's, it's interesting to me um, how often I hear stories about other people sensing some of that call to ministry before maybe one's own self senses it. That really was the same for me, a pastor at a church that I was attending when I lived down in Louisiana. Sort of just kept pulling on me to do a little bit more and a little bit more. And I'm like, eh, but... She saw something in me, I think, even before I did. That's right. That's right. There were a number of people. And, um, and then you start seeing the various voices. And you think, okay, I need to really think about this. And, and, uh, um, and then, then it's really more, almost more an emotional call, at least it was for me, that it was, it was time to get, to get serious and go to school. And absolutely. Yeah. So I entered seminary. It wasn't straight out of college, but, you know, I was still, I didn't have kids at the time. I was you know, relatively, you know, unattached. Um, but I would guess for you, it was more of a big family decision to make that big change in your life and to become a seminary. Yes, it was uh, huge for us because uh, John had been a management consultant. Um, and uh, I had been in, um, actually had various jobs in nonprofit and uh, business management. But we were, we had a, uh, we were very happy living in Greenbury, but there was kind of a growing mismatch, I think, between ourselves and our work and feeling more and more that we wanted to make a difference and work with people. So there was just, there really was one day, we had talked about it over a period of a number of years, but there was one day in the kitchen and I said to John, it's just sort of this, I said to him, I think we should sell the house and move on to seminary and I'm going to go get a degree and you can change your life too. And he just looked at me and said, yeah, okay. <laughs> so that's what we did. We actually sold a house, lived off of our equity uh, for um, uh, a couple of years um, and moved with our children onto the seminary campus. The Holy Spirit works in very <laughs> yeah, in mysterious <laughs> and, and sort of dangerous ways sometimes. Yeah. No doubt. So yeah. you got your degree, you went through the ordination process in the Presbyterian Church, and then you uh, served for several years at First Pres San Rafael. I did. I did. Um, that was just wonderful. I was there for nine years, uh, first as their associate and became ordained there as their associate pastor. And then when there was a change in uh, leadership, I um, under sort of new flexibility uh, in our presbytery, they allowed me to um, be elected by the congregation. Actually, in that case, it was it was um, considered a temporary pastor, but I was their pastor. Um, yeah, I, these these technicalities I want to keep in mind. But um, yeah, and that um, so I was there for nine years, hmm. and then just <laughs> decided um, to retire. And uh, I did retire in formally, actually, in January of 2019. 
and then uh, a really dear things happen, right? Um, when you during that little period of retirement, you and John actually were at Westminster for several. Yes, we did. We came. We came to Westminster, worshipped uh, Westminster, loved it. I mean, just enjoyed so much um, being back with everyone, and also meeting some, starting to meet some new people. It was just a few months, but just being in that sanctuary again and. Um, being able to be with you all. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, we enjoyed it too. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite special. It was like coming home. Oh, it is home. It just feels, yeah. Westminster feels yeah. like home to me. So, so yeah. you decided to retire. You were entering into retirement. I was, yep, and I was. Then... I was going to do, I was going to practice spiritual direction and mm -hmm. be involved in uh, Marin, um, interfaith work, which I still am, but um, a really dear colleague of mine, uh, Rich Gantenbein, uh, died very suddenly of a heart attack, um, and he, I was starting to work with him just a little bit, doing spiritual formation. He has a, he had a beautiful church, St. Andrew Presbyterian Church up in Sonoma Valley, and since I was already working with them, and it was an uncanny thing, because Rich had said to me, months before I retired, he said, I don't know why it feels to me that you need to be, you know, doing something with St. Andrew, but I think you should be. And so he invited me in to do classes and, but he died, he died very suddenly. And so very promptly, because the congregation was familiar with me, they asked if I would be their interim pastor. So I've been doing that for a little more than a year now. Um, they have a pastor nominating committee. Westminster is very familiar with this process. And uh, so I would expect, um, you know, we don't know, but in maybe in the next six months or so, they'll find a, a pastor, they'll call another pastor. But it's been very, very meaningful uh, to walk with this congregation through their grief. I mean, it was such a shock, really difficult time, but they're just an amazing, resilient group of people um, that I've told my friends, some of my friends at Westminster, that they remind me of you uh, with the, you know, they remind me of the Westminster folks because they're just uh, very good hearted, open-minded, um, just full of love, inclusive congregation. So anyway, you'd all like one another a lot. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. You know, I, I think back to Westminster's big transition time when First Doug retired, then Barb retired, two longtime pastors. And I think about all of the preparation that Westminster did to get ready to say goodbye and do this transition. And it was hard. And, you know, there was grief then, as we said bye to yes. Doug and Barb. But, but the congregation had all that time to prepare and to say their goodbyes. Yes. And I just, I have a hard time even imagining um, a congregation j losing their pastor to a heart attack the way that Sonoma did. I mean, talk about pastoring through grief. That that's hard. Yeah, it was a it was we took our time. That was it was hard. And uh um we just did we did take our time with lots of memories, a lot of stories. Mm -hmm. Um and uh they came together beautifully, you know, they were I think sometimes in situations that are so so hard I think we can draw a parallel somehow to what's going on with us now. Somehow we pull together and we find our strengths in ways that we, we would not know that there were. You know, people had resilience and leadership came forward. People who were sort of on the um, 
on the sidelines, came back in. So it's been a real um, enlivening time for the congregation, even with the very difficult change. Um, so it, it's been very meaningful, very meaningful to work with them. Yeah, and I'm really grateful for it. Sounds like another example of the Holy Spirit doing its work. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Bethany, we're saying we're both wearing our Pentecost red. We didn't even plan it. We didn't even plan it. Yeah. Yeah, it's my one of my favorite. Uh, yeah. Favorite um, uh, persons of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit who moves and nudges us and uh, transforms us and sometimes comforts us when we need it for sure. But there's definitely this nudging uh, character of the Holy Spirit that kind of keeps us moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it would for me, it would depend on what day you're asking. Sometimes it's, right, right. Sometimes the Spirit is my favorite. Sometimes, however, when it maybe is like perhaps nudging me in an uncomfortable way. Right. Like, like, nope, nope, not ready for that one. Nope. Don't I'll come know, back to you later. Right. No, this is outside of my comfort zone. How dare you? <laughs> right. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, no. Now, you also mentioned, you know, especially in retirement, doing your spiritual direction practice. Yes. Are you still doing that now? I am. I'm doing it online right now, but I'm on the board of the um, Interfaith Counseling Center out in San Anselmo. We've had to close our doors right now, um, but it's a wonderful group of therapists and spiritual directors. And I've actually been part of, in some way or another, that um, it was formerly the Lloyd Center out at the seminary. And I've been involved with them since 2000. Mm -hmm. And I have an office there um, just one day a week. But uh, but we're all shuttered up right now. But most of us have, are still practicing online to some degree, you know, um, which I love. I love working with people. Uh, now, for, for someone who maybe has heard the term spiritual direction, but is like, oh, so can you, I, I know spiritual direction is, is huge, but can you sort of explain a little bit about it? In right. It's like, like I just met with my own spiritual director this morning. I don't know what I'd do without her, especially at this time. A spiritual direction is having a, um, basically a spiritual friend who uh, you, that I, I'll, I'll tell you about, you know, uh, my experience. I sit down with my spiritual director and she listens to my heart and uh, signs of the spirit. So uh, we were just talking around the movement of the spirit and sometimes we can't see it for ourselves. Someone else who gets to know us over time can begin to uh, listen to the themes of our life and how we communicate with the spirit uh, reminds us how we do that, reminds us of our own patterns uh, in life of the spirit and really calls out uh, from us, um, maybe uh, uh, leadings that we're not even paying attention to yet, just like you were saying, you know, it's helpful to have uh, a guide, a spiritual friend to walk with us. And some of us do that with friendships. I have spiritual friends, um, you know, for my days at Westminster, who I still meet with, you know, and, and we're, we tell our stories. And so it can be a professional credentialed spiritual director. And there's also spiritual friends who do that for us. Mm -hmm. So, so I love doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're working with Sonoma, the Presbyterian Church there, you're doing your spiritual direction and, you know, thinking maybe one day you'll be retired again, but who right. knows? <laughs> and, you know, life is going along, and then this, you know, COVID-19 hits, yeah. and shelter in place, and everything changes so dramatically. So I'm just curious, sort of, 
you know, how are you doing seems an odd question, but, but, but how are you doing? You know, how are you getting through this time? Right, right. Well, you know, I think we, we have lots of conversations, of course, with um, my colleagues, you know, my pastor colleagues, which really, really helps us keep things in perspective because we're hearing what all the congregations are doing. Um, and that's very helpful to me. At St. Andrew, what is really clear is that we have felt connected through, um, I'm not even, I'm trying not even to use the term virtual anymore, because as my friend Stacy Friedman, um, one of the rabbis in uh, Marin said recently, it's, like, it's almost like saying that these online communications don't matter in some way. They're sort of virtual and not real. And they are real and we are really connected and we are building relationship and we are comforting one another and spurring one another on. It's, um, you know, I get zoomed out like everybody else. There's just, you know, really, I mean, after a few hours of this a day, I'm ready to go, okay, okay, you know, but um, we are connected. And uh, there was someone I was think I was telling you uh, before we started recording, Bethany, that, um, members of our congregation have actually said they feel they've gotten to know people in a congregation much better during this time because we do small group breakouts on coffee hour. And then I have various small groups that I do during the weeks. And, um, you know, and I remember this from, you know, being a congregant not so long ago, you know, at coffee hour, there's a tendency to go right to your, your coffee clatch and have a conversation with the people you can't wait to see. And of course you say hi, and of course you give people hugs, you know, other than the people you're most familiar with. But there is a tendency to kind of stay um, with the same people because we've known them for so long. And maybe we've been in small groups or, you know, we could have kids the same age or whatever. There's something about being online that gets us out of our comfort zone a little bit, right? And we have conversations with people we may not have heard from before. Yeah. So we've talked about, we kind of have a plan in place, you know, it's very tentative as most of us have, but we've said, we're going to be doing this for a long time. You know, we're going to be doing online worship for a long time for safety, but also because more people are accessing it. And uh, so I, there, it's, it's amazing. There are blessings that abound even in this really difficult time. Yeah, for, for me, one of the big lessons of this time has, I mean, I know this, but how important those relationships are. Um, you know, in relationships that, you know, when we can easily see each other in person, I at least almost take for granted. Um, and now, you know, I get on a Zoom with these faces of these people I love, and it's, like, oh, it's so good to see you. <laughs> when I when I don't know if that was necessarily my reaction when I you know saw everyone very regularly, but just how I guess maybe how much more dear and precious I hold these relationships, you know, when I don't take them for granted anymore. Absolutely, absolutely. Like seeing you, Bethany, it just felt like the longest time, and it's just so it's so incredible to to see your face and your smile. Is so it, it, it's, uh, it's definitely worth it, even though it's not the same, it's definitely counts. Yeah. It's definitely and, connected, yeah. yeah. You know, at, you mentioned as we start thinking about we, the Westminster congregation, when we can start doing things in person and if we want to start doing things in person, we actually sent out a, a, a little survey to some of our congregants. Um, and it was interesting, some of the results, um, Sure, people miss worship. You know, sure, they miss the in-person sermons. Um, but 
what came across loud and clear is how much people miss the the in-person relationships yes you know, absolutely do you want to get together again yes I mean, you know we're nervous about the virus we want to do it safe but yes we do want to get together again because we miss seeing people in person and connecting so thank goodness we have zoom i just yeah. i don't even want to imagine how it would have been without zoom or google hangout or everything mm -hmm. and yet it also is oh we'll be ready we'll be ready and i'm <laughs> glad i'm glad I'm glad there will be opportunities soon where we can safely at least be in the same room, albeit maybe not quite uh, within arm's length, you know, even beyond arm's length, but for a while. But it'll, it'll come. And um, I know that. Um, and that keeps me going, too. Absolutely. So, no absolutely. doubt about it. Yeah. 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 So I wanted to ask you, too, about something that people may not be aware of, and that is your involvement with the Marin Community Foundation. Yes. Um, and I'm mostly curious, you know, I don't know a lot about the Marine Community Foundation, but you know, it is a, a corporate entity. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, you working with them, especially in your role as a pastor, as mm -hmm. you know, a spiritual director. Um, I'm curious if A, just maybe super briefly, you can just sort of explain what it what your role is at MCF. And then I'd really love to hear from you sort of, you know, how your faith informs working um. with with a corporate entity. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, um, I am an appointed trustee. I had to go through quite a lengthy process. It's not like they just said, you go do this. I had to, um, I, I served with Bethany on, uh, as a board member of the Marin um, Interfaith Council for six years. Uh, we overlap for most of them. And uh, so I am an appointee of Marin Interfaith Council to the Marin Community Foundation Board of Trustees for the Buck Family Fund. That is a mouthful right there. <laughs> it, is. it is. So someday I really suggest anybody who's curious, they have the most amazing website. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of transparency. There is so much to learn about the issues in Marin. Um, so I won't go into all that right now, but just to say the Buck Fund is a separate fund, uh, which is about the same size. It's being eclipsed actually by their um, independent uh, individual donor funds, which is awesome too, because there's a lot of really generous people in Marin County who donate to those funds. Maybe even some of our, um, you know, Westminster friends do that. And, uh, but the Buck Fund um, has been there um, for uh, many years and has to be spent uh, by, uh, for the people of Marin County. And so several years ago, um, there was a, um, it's always, the idea was always to serve people who wouldn't be served otherwise. But over the last number of years, before even I joined, uh, that I've, I've been there for a little more than a year now, well, a year and a half um, on the trustee board for Buck, um, they became very, very clear that they, the Buck Fund money was going to be spent on the people, on, on equity. So the idea was giving uh, people in Marin County who do not have opportunity for equity to give them more opportunity to thrive. So it's very low income people, it's old people, 
it's um, children of color, although all children certainly matter, right? It's also maybe possibly uh, children with special needs, right? Um, it's our um, Hispanic friends, but it, that's just really everybody who has less opportunity to thrive. Um, and the areas tend to be around, as you can imagine, health and education. Um, starting to do a little more work in the environment because it's getting to be so clear that uh, um, how we mitigate environmental disasters in the county, we're right on the bay, um, will make a difference to people's lives, uh, particularly poor people. So um, it's, um, so as a peer person of faith, um, the trustees, um, we have an amazing group. And again, you can learn about these people amazing group of um, very knowledgeable program directors who are responsible for these various areas and really know what they're doing in education and health and um, other areas of interest. Um, we're there to be a sounding board for them, to provide an overview uh, distribution of what, how we should balance the fund appropriately and understanding that these issues aren't siloed, they're all interacted. So as a person of faith, um, all the people on the board are amazing people with incredible values, right? There's people from all walks of life on the board, on the trustees, there's lawyers, there's other foundation, you know, people with foundation background, there's nonprofit executives, there's business people. So, uh, we represent different factions of the county. And so I think for me, I'll speak up around uh, justice issues. For example, you know, I'll always ask about our um, immigrant population and whether, you know, I've been assured that whatever funds are applied for people who have less, there's no restriction. There's no restriction. It's not, there's no litmus test. Um, so I'll occasionally ask, you know, uh, questions like that. There's no restriction on these funds, right? Everybody has access to these, right? Um, and MCF works through very trusted nonprofits in the area um, that they've worked with that they know really do a good job in distributing the funds where they need to be distributed. So anyway, I've, I've, it allows me to continue, um, you know, very, uh, to be a voice in the room for the interfaith community, understanding that I'm just one person, I'm not the voice. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, uh, and to be continued to be involved in other interfaith um, involvement in, in, in RIN as well with MIC. Wow. I kind of went on a lot about that. No, I just learned a lot. There's a lot uh, on the website. I, excuse me, I'm, I'm moving my camera around. Um, I really recommend going on their website if you're interested to know because all the information's there. Yeah, it's interesting to me too to hear you talk about the focus on equity, um, the focus on people who just don't have the advantages or the opportunities that others might have, you know, especially in light of what's been happening in our nation the last couple of weeks and how just more and more important that yes. issue is. Yes. And so there is a focus geographically to make sure that Marin City and the Canal and Novato, um, the places West Marin mm -hmm. tend to be the geographic areas where there is the most need. 
it doesn't mean that people in other areas aren't served, but but there is a uh, there is a sensitivity to the geographic um, where people live. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and really, even some of the systemic imbalances and some systemic injustices, um, which you know there are a lot of ways to combat some of that, but certainly financially is one of those ways. Oh, absolutely. When it comes to food, you know, the food banks and housing, um, you know, affordable housing and places and, and shelter for um, uh, people on the streets who, as you know, that was a major health issue with COVID is, you know, getting people shelter of some kind whenever possible. All that is money. Yeah. 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 Thank you for the good work you're doing there. Well, thank you. Yeah. That was really my such an honor to be selected for that position. Yeah. So I almost hate to ask this because we're in such a time of uncertainty now, but like, what's next? Like, as you look at, say, say the, the year ahead, right? <laughs> what's happening in that year for you? Wow. Yeah. Because, you know, as we know, um, you never really know when I'll be, I'll be out of a job again. <laughs> I, and, 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 you know, I'll be ready. I'll be ready to really retire, retire. Um, John and I had big plans for adventures and, and we were able to pretty easily say, whoop, well, uh, <laughs> uh, it's not gonna be geographical adventures anytime soon. That's okay. Um, I, uh, you know, I think I'm gonna um, be, really interested in doing more volunteer work in the county and I'm not sure quite in what way but I am really continue to be passionate about interfaith understanding and and we'll just see that this is going to be another listening for the spirit because um, I, I, I probably will want to be involved maybe with groups of people I've not been involved yet with in the county as much as I would like so I uh, meaning to broaden my experience of walking alongside people in different economic situations and all that. So um, we'll see, but but that's very possible. And I'll continue with my practice, my spiritual direction practice as well. And we might see this again, and we'll pop on back, right? You you just took the words out of my mouth. I said, and hopefully. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I would love I would love to come back to um, Westminster for worship. So. I know. Rob, Rob and I were making all kinds of plans for how to I know. I was really benefit from the gifts and talents of Jan. <laughs> I was so looking forward to being more with you. And, uh, and so I'll, I'll hope for that again. Yeah, well, and we also realized that you are where you need to be and doing what you need to be doing right now. So yeah, that's, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it, it is. Um, Sometimes, uh, as we've said, you just don't know. You just don't know. You just don't know what uh, opportunities for um, ministry. And I'm talking with all of for all of us, not pastors, right? All of us have these opportunities that sort of present themselves to um, to serve in some way, and it may not have automatically been obvious to you. And so then the question is, we don't have to say yes to everything. I don't mean to say that, you know, but Sometimes it's like, wow, well, this feels like a yes because I have the energy and I have the time and I have the, you know, what is needed right now. And so we say yes. And that's, that's what happened with St. Andrew. And I'm really grateful for that. 
Amen. <laughs> I think that that seems like a, a good place to stop. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for spending. Oh, thank you for asking. And uh, oh, blessings and love to Westminster um, during this time and in the future. And um, they're in good hands with you all. And so uh, I'll look forward to seeing you all again. Yes. Amen. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much.